Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the initial Power Sweep podcast presented by North Coast Sports. Pleased to be joined by my co-host Chris Van Dyne. My name is Antonio Castro and what we're going to do each and every week for you is get you up to date on some of the key games that are taking place uh, over the college football weekend. And this week's uh, inaugural episode is quite exciting, Chris, as we've got uh, some good matchups that are taking place this weekend, highlighted by uh, Clemson and A&M, Georgia, South Carolina, Penn State, Pitt, Duke, Northwestern, Michigan State, and Arizona State. And then finally, we'll even go into the Memphis and Navy game today. Not only that, by listening to this special podcast, we are going to give you one of our star-rated plays that is uh, in our Power Sweep newsletter, our award-winning Power Sweep newsletter that has been around 36 years. Uh, we will give away one of those uh, key star-rated plays in that uh, in this week's uh, issue. But uh, Chris, let's get it started first, and let's not waste any time here. People want to know what's going on this weekend. Uh, you handle everything ACC, SEC uh, for North Coast Sports. You're the expert for those two conferences, and let's just get right in. How do you feel that this uh, matchup is going to be taking place? This is probably the key matchup of the weekend. ESPN. College Game Day is going to be uh, in Texas for the game, and uh, A&M and Clemson, obviously a big game right out of the gate for both programs. They both looked dominant last week in their in their wins. What do you think about this one? A&M has four offensive line starters coming back, but of course they're facing the top defensive line in the country. Clemson with all four starters coming back from last year and all four of them weren't expected to come back a lot of people thought they'd be leaving for the NFL they're all back that's going to be a tough matchup for A&M's front seven but the good thing for A&M is Jimbo Fisher knows Clemson four and four straight up five and three against the spread against the uh, the Tigers in the ACC while he was at Florida State so you got to expect that Texas A&M is going to know how to deal with the uh, Clemson offense. They're going to know how to deal with the Clemson defense because Jimbo Fisher has that experience. Uh, also, Clemson's playing two quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence still expected to play in week two. Kelly Bryant is going to start, but you're going to see both quarterbacks playing for Clemson, and that's going to even things out for A&M a little bit. They'll be able to stay in this game. We like A&M to stay within the line and uh, think that they'll keep it closer than expected. Yeah, you know, one thing with A&M over through the years, obviously, you know, Kevin Sumlin brought them some success. They were able to get by Alabama, you know, with a special quarterback like Johnny Manziel, and then things kind of went south for for Kevin Sumlin and his tenure down in, uh, you know, down there in Texas. Now with the new head coach in in uh, Jimbo Fisher coming over from Florida State, I mean, you got to think. Not only do we think that Texas A&M is going to stay within that line here, but I mean, you know, you've got the twelfth man there. And the fans have to, I mean, they're just ecstatic right now with that coaching change. Absolutely. And A&M has the experience on their side on both sides of the ball. 
The other thing is that Jimbo Fisher played this game close last year with a, a, a probably a less talented Florida State team last year that had a lot of turmoil going uh, for the Seminoles last year. So it was 17-14 in the fourth quarter of that game last year. Now he's got a better team, and they're at home. So Texas A&M will keep this game close. They're going to have a good fight in them. And that offensive line could be a factor because they should be able to at least neutralize in part that Clemson defensive line is so vaunted. And the other thing is the A&M defensive front seven is solid. They are going to give some fits to that Clemson offense. Especially when they throw in Trevor Lawrence, you got to expect that he's going to maybe have some jitters in his first road game in his career, and you're going to see him play some. They'll have to sort out this offense at Clemson with uh, some young receivers, very talented T. Higgins and Amari Rogers, and of course Hunter Renfro, that the hero from the championship game two years ago, is still there. But they they do have some youth on the offensive line, so there's going to be some uh, some battles in the trenches in this game, and I think the Aggies can win enough in the trenches to keep themselves in the game t- this week. Yeah, one more thing before we go on to the to the next game. Just one thing I wanted to point out, you know, this Clemson team off of a off of a playoff year, you know, just a year ago, uh playoff appearance I should say. Don't forget, this is a team that doesn't play as well as they do at home. I mean, it's most teams don't, but they 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 were significantly less uh looked you know, significantly less than they w- did at home last year on the road. So maybe we'll see if it'll happen again. But, uh, yeah, enough about that game. We'll go on Georgia-South Carolina, another SEC uh, matchup, not SEC versus ACC like Clemson and A&M, but the SEC matchup, good to have this uh, as the opening game for both of these teams like it used to be uh, back in the day, and now they're both opening up SEC playing uh, one another, and uh, this should be another good one, Chris. I love having this game early in the season. I, you know, growing up, this was the, the the start of the SEC season for most people. Seeing Georgia and South Carolina strap it up, and the home team has done well in this series: five and one straight up, four and two against the spread. South Carolina is the more experienced team with 14 returning starters, and they get Debo Samuel, that significant addition back from the, on their offense. And remember, he was lighting it up both on special teams and on the outside of wide receiver last year before getting injured. So that's a big addition for the Gamecocks. The Dogs do have, of course, coming off that champion uh, near championship season, uh, a lot of talent, both on offense and defense. You do have Jacob Fromm back as quarterback, and then Justin Fields, the true freshman. Some think he's going to be even better. It just seems like Georgia keeps churning these quarterbacks out, and then the quarterbacks can't beat the next guy that comes in because they just keep getting more and more talented. Uh, as far as the uh, Gamecocks go, they come in with with Bentley at quarterback, an experienced guy, two-year starter now. Having started, he, he skipped his senior year of high school to come in as a, a true freshman and learn the system and then ended up playing that year by the end of the year. Started all last year, took the Gamecocks to a bowl game, upset Michigan in the bowl game. So they have a lot coming back for them as well. Uh, some additions on defense should help the, the South Carolina. And we like them to keep this game close as well. Lines over a touchdown right now. South Carolina, w- with the way the home team has played in this series, 
I think they'll keep this game within a touchdown. The home crowd behind them. And Will Muschamp has done a very good job. Uh, you know, a lot of people were questioning that hire, and I think he's done a very good job at South Carolina since coming in there, increasing. Before he got there, they only had three wins, and they jumped from six to nine wins in the last two years. Well, and then let me, I just want to point out a couple other things on this, uh, on this matchup. I mean, you've got a Georgia team playing a more experienced South Carolina team. South Carolina is the home dog. And we remember last year, I mean, man, South Carolina was just superb as an underdog. And not only staying within the line, I mean, they pulled off quite a few outright upsets. Now, we're not Five saying, outright upsets last year. Yeah, not saying that's going to happen this year, but you know what? When looking at that game, I've got to agree. I mean, I've got to go with the home team, the more with the more experience, and a team that has proven that they, they do well in that underdog role. So, yeah, South Carolina, uh, we expect them to cover versus Georgia. Penn State Pitt. Now, here's a, here's, here's a matchup, obviously, Battle of Pennsylvania. Uh, glad to see this rivalry getting back into the swing of things after it was a taking a few years off i mean they've played now a couple years in a row um, but you know penn state got taken to the wire last week by appalachian state what a game that was if you missed it uh you missed a dandy that went down to the wire again and uh and pit you know they're looking solid uh it's at pit it won't be a, a a sellout crowd. I'm not expecting. Do, do you expect it to be a sellout there? Because I, I of would that, think or? it would be a sellout crowd. That they're pretty, especially they move this game to a night game. It's at eight o'clock, I believe, and the uh, you know you're going to get a lot of Penn State people making the two and a half hour trek down to Pittsburgh, three hour drive, I believe. They'll make the trip. You're going to have a lot of Pitt fans geared up, and I think you'll have a lot of people that are just there to see a great football game. Uh, you know, it's and and the other thing is, I don't know how much longer this rivalry is going to go. I know they're signed on for 2019, but I do believe after that, they're not sure if they're going to continue the rivalry. Now, as far as this game goes, uh, Pitt's had some success. In particular, the underdog has had success. Underdog is eight and one against the spread in this series. Uh, Pitt has gone seven and two in, against the spread in this series. Not a, uh, only a few of those matchups recently, but remember last year, uh, Penn State led this game twenty-eight to six, but Pitt, Pitt kept hanging around, kept hanging around, ended up only losing by nineteen. Spread was three touchdowns. Uh, Pitt also outgained them three hundred and forty-two to three twelve. This Pitt defense is pretty pretty improved they have nine starters back on defense their defensive line i'm hearing is up there with some of the narduzzi defensive lines that he had at michigan state so you have an improved pit defense and also remember that kenny pickett has a win against a top five team remember last year miami came into pittsburgh undefeated and kenny pickett in his first career start sent him home packing and uh, upset after a, a huge upset win for Pitt. So he's not going to be afraid of Penn State coming into this game. And Narduzzi is very high on pick on, on Kenny Pickett. They have a good running game, some experienced receivers. They added a big-time uh, transfer and uh, left tackle Stefano Mifflin from Kent State. So that they have a lot of talent on offense as well. Again, it's a tough task to have them come in and uh, have Penn State come in, but I, th I think they can keep this game close as well. 
Well, it, you know, it's almost similar to that to the uh, Georgia-South Carolina game that we talked about uh, before this one, Chris, where you've got a team that is at home, is the underdog, and is more experienced. All that plays into Pitt's uh, favor. And, uh, you know, Penn State obviously going to have the quarterback edge with McSorley, but, you know, uh, you, you got to like what you've seen out of Pickett, and he's proven that he can win big games. So, again, another another game where we're going to go with the home dog to keep it within the line. Uh, hopefully, as you mentioned, this series continues to go around for, for, for a long time because, I mean, this is the 99th edition. They call it the Keystone Classic for a reason. I mean, uh, just don't want to see these series like this go away. And, and, you're, and unfortunately, you're going to see more of that happening as uh, conferences continue to schedule nine-game uh, nine conference schedules. And uh, that obviously leaves the non-conference schedules uh, in the balance a little bit. And some of these rivalries are... Uh, they you know get the short end of the stick if you will but hopefully this one will stick around i think one of the big issues with this rivalry is that pitt pitt wants this rivalry more than penn state does pitt likes this game because if they win it it's it's a huge mark that they can sell to recruits penn state they feel like it's a little bit of a no-win situation if they lose that's a huge loss for them it's an upset it's letting Pitt establish themselves and Penn State likes to recruit in Pittsburgh and then the other thing is if they win well they're supposed to beat Pittsburgh most of the time so I I think the problem they run into is one school wants this rivalry a lot more than the other school and and they want to continue it a lot more so hopefully they do continue it I, I, I love to see this game played. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. All right, well, let's move on now uh, to a game that, uh, you know, we've got circled here. We like this game uh, a lot, it, just as far as the matchup is is, is concerned. you got two of the uh, schools known more for academics than their play on the football field, per se, but Duke and Northwestern, this is a game last year where you look at it, and if you look at the box score last year, and you see how both of these teams finished, you wonder, how in the world did Duke not only beat Northwestern, but, I mean, dominated Northwestern last year. Well, let's fast forward to the present. Northwestern is the home team this time, and uh, they're not going to be taking Duke for granted at all. They've got uh, uh, Thorson back as uh, the quarterback under center. He was able to return last week in a limited role. He didn't play every snap, but you got to remember, he just came off an ACL injury in last year's bowl game, but the fact to be able to see him under center and taking snaps was good. Trent Green, remember him? NFL quarterback. His son is TJ Green. He's the backup there in Northwestern. So you got some good NFL bloodlines there just in case something else happens to Thorson. But, I mean, I expect him to be able to play as much as he's needed uh, this week against Duke. And uh, they're not going to allow what happened last year happen to them this year. And the and the main thing, other than Thorson with Northwestern, that I saw as a promising thing was you got to remember, Justin Jackson, the running back for Northwestern, was their do-everything back. He he left uh, after last year as the all-time leading rusher in Northwestern history. And uh, Northwestern is another running back that, uh, that, that, that may have the fans soon forgetting uh, Justin Jackson. As Larkin was 143 yards last week in his uh, debut as a starter there. So Northwestern looks like they're going to uh, kind of finish where they left off last year. They, they, they ended the season hot last year. They made it to the bowl. 
they won the bowl game, although they didn't cover, uh, despite missing their quarterback. And uh, we expect them to be able to handle Duke. The, the line is a little bit less than we thought. Maybe they're looking at last year's results. Maybe the fact that Thorson isn't 100%, but even at, even Thorson at 75 to 90%, I think, gives them a, a better chance in this one. I agree. Uh, these are two teams we paid a lot of attention to, obviously, last week. We gave away a free marquee on Thursday night on uh, Northwestern against Purdue and came away a winner there. And then Duke, we had a three-star late phone uh, star-rated play. If you got that, that was a nice winner against Army, uh, picking up the, uh, the win by three touchdowns. Now, I was very impressed with Larkin last week. And, and as well, I was, of course, I mean, Thorson always brings it. He, he had a very good game. And uh, also impressed with Green. Showed some poise when he came in there, took some hits. So, Northwestern's very talented team coming back. And they have the experience on their side. And you have to think they have some revenge in their mind. You know, these academic institutions, I think they, they, they want to not only be. Uh, the best academic institutions, but I do think they want to beat each other in football very badly. And this is a good Duke coming Duke team coming back. Daniel Jones, uh, some people think he's going to be an NFL quarterback. Uh, they have a little bit of uh, inexperience at wide receiver, but they uh, returning some solid play on defense with Humphreys and Joe Giles Harris still. At Northwestern, I have to think that Northwestern is going to bring their A game, being that this is a home game and being that uh, it's, the, I believe, their home opener, correct? Yes, uh, home opener and got to think low spot, only only talking about covering a uh, field goal to maybe maybe it goes up a little more by Saturday. But you got to think the Northwestern will cover that. And uh, we think that possibly a double-digit win. Yeah, it's it, and and the icing on the cake is when you when you look at the technical stuff that's going on with this uh, you know with this Northwestern team. I said they they finished last season on a roll. I mean they ended the year uh, covering nine of their last eleven games. Obviously, they covered last week, so the 10 out of the last 12 games they've been able to cover, and they also do well as a home favorite. They've covered 8 out of, the, out of their last 11 as a home as the home chalk. So Duke hasn't done well as a, uh, on road openers either, only 6-9 and nine against the spread in road openers. So Cutcliffe hasn't had them play the best in this role. So uh, the technical angles do lean towards Northwestern as well. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll now we're going to go take a little bit of a trip west. We've been handling, uh, you know, these Midwest East games. We went to a Texas, but now we're going to go out west. We're going to cover this Arizona State, the new program with Herm Edwards as the head coach, taking on Michigan State, who's making that trek. And Michigan State also survived a tough test last week against a, a very good and underrated Utah State team that that people who don't pay attention to the non-Power 5 teams may not know much about Utah State, but that's a good program. That being said, still we were surprised to see them hang around Michigan State as much as they did, especially the uh, Spartan team that has gotten a lot of attention this offseason and is a potential pick for by, by, by some as a sleeper in the Big Ten and maybe a potential playoff team. So Michigan State making that trek over uh, out west to Arizona State. This is a fun game. I can't wait till this gets underway, and uh, we expect some fireworks here, don't we? 
Absolutely. Manny Wilkins back at quarterback. This is an experienced Arizona State team. Again, a team we played close attention to last week. This was our top power sweep play last week. Uh, Arizona State against an inexperienced UTSA team. And the Arizona State defense forced some turnovers. Arizona State offense got the ball moving quickly. Uh, the coordinators are running this show for the most part, as far as we know. And, and Herm Edwards is is a figurehead, and he's doing a good job uh, in like a CEO type of role with this program right now. And this is a tough game to call because you got to think Michigan State's going to be motivated. They have a buy on deck. They're going to give everything they've got for this game. Arizona State at the same time is at home. You you know they had this game circled in their calendar. And both teams are going to be given everything they've got for this game. It's going to be a huge game to set the set the tone for the rest of their season on both sides. Yeah, you know, one of the, the, the good thing about Michigan State is being able to travel, have have a big game like this against another Power Five team this early on in the season. I mean, Michigan State is one of the most experienced teams in the nation. So coming back there, this this won't be intimidating to them, uh, to say the least. And we think they're going to give a little bit of a better effort here. But this is a tough game to call. I mean, you know, it, it, it could go. It, it put it this way, Chris. I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan State won by a touchdown. I wouldn't be surprised if. Arizona State won by a touchdown. Uh, either way, it should be a should be a good game. Michigan State, after that scare last week, they do have a bye on deck, so expect them to just go all out here because they have nothing they have nothing to lose and nothing to to, to go for for next week. So they can go all out. They can push their players a little bit because uh, they don't have another game that they got to worry about. They have done well against the spread on the road, twenty three and fifteen away from East Lansing. Uh, Arizona State only two and six is a non-conference dog, less less than thirteen points. So th- there are some angles to point to Michigan State, but again, I think this game probably falls right around the line right now, which is uh, I think about seven. Yeah. So it's going to be a tough call, a game that we probably are going to watch and enjoy on Saturday night. A great Big Ten versus Pac-12 matchup, and and we'd love to see more of these matchups with uh, teams traveling home and homes where you get good uh, Power 5 conference teams playing each other in non-conference play like this. So that's the Michigan State-Arizona State game, and we had one more game circled for you on the schedule for this uh, initial podcast, and we wanted to go a little bit of group of five action, a little bit of you know non-power five play. we got to give some love to the, to the smaller schools as well, and let's uh, go to the American Athletic Conference where you've got Memphis, who's off a big victory in week one, going to Navy to take on their fellow AAC member. Navy squad that got really taken to the woodshed a little bit last week, surprisingly on the island at Hawaii, now making that long trek back home. But I got to tell you, Chris, Navy don't sleep on them running that option, and they do particularly well, much better at home than they do on the road. Navy has won th- uh, the, all three meetings against their uh, their AAC rivals, Memphis. Uh, Memphis does come in with a Pac-12, and sp- speaking of Arizona State, who we just spoke about, uh, Pac-12, Arizona State transfer, Brady White. This is going to be a game that could very well decide the division in the AAC. You know, these two are probably the top two teams in this division, along with USF. Uh, the winner of this game is going to have a leg up for the rest of the year. The question is, can Memphis deal with this option? And it's a tough thing to do early in the season. 
you know, the nice thing for Memphis might be that they might have been able to spend a little time in the offseason on it, more so than you would uh, other times. But at the same time, uh, Navy's coming off a loss that you have to think they're hungry for to get back on a winning column after losing that game to Hawaii and uh, kind of surprising everybody because I thought Navy would come out uh, motivated on the island where they have a big following and play well. Didn't work out that way, but they don't usually turn out two bad performances in a row. So you got to like Navy after they come back off a loss, four and one as a home dog. And haven't began a season 0-2 since 2012. So you, some things in favor of Navy right now. You know, the, the other thing in this, in this game is uh, one of the things you can really, really take for granted when it comes to Navy is uh, usually you can expect a high-scoring game when Navy has to take on a pass-happy offense. It happened last week against Hawaii uh, with their run-and-shoot offense. They were able to score a lot of points. You know Navy's going to be able to score because of their option, and it's so tough to defend because this isn't your typical triple option. I mean, they have just... They they have... uh, Neil Matalolo has, has perfected this system, and they run it more efficient i mean just as efficient as georgia tech so you got your power five players there and you got a military academy that runs it just as well malcolm perry is a dangerous quarterback but going back to what i was saying when it comes to this type of game it might be more beneficial to look at that total and see where that ends up being uh, on saturday morning see where that kind of flattens out at because uh you're going to expect a high scoring game in this one again just like last week for for navy uh, you know memphis is going to score navy's going to give up some points their defense does not see passing offense uh in practice ever because obviously they're going up against the option so it just makes it uh even more it makes kind of even more sense depending on how line how high that line actually gets uh you know you don't want to see it up in that mid 70s that might start scaring you away come saturday but you know if it's low six or uh, upper up to the upper 60s low 70s i'd still maybe advise looking at that under in this game well memphis does have eight starters back on defense uh they they do run the ball well as you know we talk about the Memphis passing offense but they they can run the ball you might see a little bit of a clock eating situation in this game between uh, between Henderson uh, of Memphis running the ball and then the Nevada I mean, the Navy triple option uh, it's going to be a tough game down the trenches and then you know it could come down to a field goal here and there. And uh, Memphis does have their kicker back, uh, 11 of 16 last year. But Navy as well, good special teams all the time. So this game could go down to a field goal either way. The last three years, here's the final scores in Navy-Memphis. 45-20, 42-28. And thirty to twenty-seven, so all you know, up in the sixties, except for uh, twenty sixteen. Obviously, that was uh, that was way up there in the seventies. So, high-scoring game is is usually what you're going to see out of this. All right, everybody. Well, that's going to do it for our initial podcast here, talking about those games. I mean, we're not done yet. We're going to give you a free play in Power out of the Power Sweep newsletter, but also want to remind everybody right now. Again, the Power Sweep newsletter is one of the most informative newsletters on the market. This is our thirty-sixth year. In business, we cover games like no others. We have the college, we have NFL, everything. Got you, have you covered all the way through the Super Bowl? You can get a, a subscription for to the newsletter. 
every issue, including our double bowl issue, which is uh, in a class in itself, all the way through the Super Bowl for just $99. How do you do that? One of two ways. You can go to our website, uh, which is very easy to remember, ncsports.com, or you can give us a call. It's absolutely toll-free, 1-800-654-3448. You can get a, uh, a, a subscription to the Power Sweep. You can buy single issues on our website. They're just $10 a week if you want to take a look at it. Hey, if you want to see, oh, you're not sure how, how it's going to look, how, it, how, it, how the layout and everything is, you can go on our website and you can see back issues of, of the Power Sweep as well. So you'll know, you know exactly uh, what you're getting when you get that Power Sweep. Oh, again, award-winning newsletter. This is our 36th year uh, in business. Now, those archives are fun to read too. Just to, if you're looking for something to do, the archives are a lot of fun to read. Just go back and read the uh, the past issues and see what we thought about different games. And, and it is a new NC Sports website. Uh, and I'll tell you what, it's revamped, looks beautiful. And much more functionally easy for our customers, so you'll enjoy that. A lot of new features coming on that website as we go. And we've got new ideas all the time for what we can do and expand what we're doing at North Coast Sports. And for next week's show, we want to have you guys a part of it. So if there's some games on the schedule for next week, you're, 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 you've got your eye on, you're not sure which way to, the, to lean on, you want to, you want to know what our opinion is on, the, on those games, Please feel free. You can uh, go to go to our North Coast Sports Twitter account. It's NC Sports and then the number one. And you can throw your questions our way. We'll be happy to answer them on this podcast next week. And uh, we'll do that each week during the season. But uh, as promised, we're going to give away one of our two-star selections here in the Power Sweep. And you want, you want to say, oh, just a two-star? Well, the two stars actually outperformed everything else last year in our newsletter. So we think we're actually giving you uh, one, of the, one of our better selections here. Uh, not not really going out of limb here in this game, but it's a game that we feel real strong about. Uh, you've got a uh, Army against Liberty. You've got Liberty, who is uh, in a little bit of a letdown mode after their first ever FBS game and winning big last week. Uh, going on the road, traveling to Army, taking on that vaunted uh, option attack. We 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 were pretty spot on on Army last week. We knew what to expect from them. We didn't think that they would be able to cover against Duke. We nailed that pick. Now we're on the opposite end. We think Army's going to be able to handle Liberty by over two touchdowns this weekend. We don't think they'll have any problems with this game. We like Army over Liberty. It's the two-star in Power Sweep, and it is your free complimentary play just for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate you guys for tuning in. And again, for Chris Van Dyne, I'm Antonio Castro. We will talk to you guys again. Thanks for listening to the Power Sweep podcast presented by North Coast Sports. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.